As we head toward Memorial Day, Nickerson Excavation and Construction asks everyone to stop and remember the sacrifices made by our military veterans in defense of our nation's liberty. Serving the New Limerick area for over 50 years, Nickerson Excavation and Construction is your one-stop shop for all your excavation, drainage, and road construction needs, offering good old family-friendly service. For an estimate or bid, please call Nickerson Excavation at 207-532-9391. That's 207-532-9391. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. This is Eugene Crowley, author of Upside Down World, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos, wishing Rob McConnell and all listeners and viewers of the Worldwide X-Zone a very Merry Christmas and a healthy, happy, safe New Year. Go to my website, www.eugenecrowley.com to buy my book and learn how to stay in the spirit of Christmas every day of the year by living in the Christ consciousness. Happy Holidays. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Middle of December ain't the time to be alone It's just too close to Christmas Too far to go home Ran into a friend of a friend Standing in the checkout line She said I spent too much already And there's gifts I just can't find I walked her home and when she opened up her door Oh, 
I'm not sure what happened then. Yes, magic took its course. Blame it on the mistletoe. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, starting Thursday... December the 20th at 11 p.m. Eastern, I will be broadcasting for 26 hours straight and live until Saturday, December the 22nd at 1 o'clock in the morning as my way of showing you that the world is not coming to an end. Now, this edition of the X Chronicles, the November issue, is dedicated to helping to dispel this myth That has children of all ages worried about the end of the world. The world isn't going to come to an end. We're not going to get smucked by a major major, uh, comet or asteroid. The planet Nibiru is not out there. Scientists from all over the world scour the skies. And they are in total agreement that there is no threat of an apocalyptic cataclysmic event happening. On December the 21st, 2012, even the Mayans say, hey, we never said it was the end of the world. We just said it was the end of a cycle. Please go to www.x-chronicles.com forward slash November 2012 to read your online edition. Exonation, my guest this hour is Shelby Beckett, and we're going to be talking to Shelby about what happens to us when we die. And uh, joining me now is Shelby Beckett and uh, Shelby. First of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us here in the X Zone tonight. But what does happen to us when we die? Well, first of all, Rob, it's, I'm going to thank you for inviting me to be a guest. It's a real pleasure to be on the show. Um, <clears throat> what happens when we die um, is actually sort of the the subject, in a way, of of my novel mm-hmm. Between that has just been released. And the information in there on this, and that um, it, it's a little more complex, of course, than it's presented in the book. But uh, I've channeled for 40 years mm-hmm. uh, a being, a spiritual being that is, we call Jared. And according to Jared, what happens when we die can be a number of different things. Uh, it depends on what condition you are in mentally, what sort of belief system you have. Uh, there's a lot of evidence from uh, near-death experiences and other investigations that sort of show that there's a, a, a great deal of similarity often in the experience of dying, which has to do sometimes with being in a dark space or mm-hmm. a dark tunnel. Then there will be a light, and often there will be uh, loved ones waiting who have already passed on who are uh, ready to greet you. Uh, there may be a being of light who emanates love and total acceptance. All right, we're going to have to do a little bit of a cliffhanger here because I've got to take my uh, commercial break here. Please stand by. Shelby Beckett is my special guest. Her website is www.shelbybeckett.com. And uh, we'll be back here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. standing in the checkout line. She said I spent too much already. 
And there's gifts I just can't So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas Exo Nation, uh, Shelby Beckett is our special guest. Her website is www.shelbybeckett.com. And we're talking to Shelby uh, this part of the show about what happens to us when we die. Now, Shelby, you said for the last 40 years you uh, channeled um, a being, an entity, a presence by the name of Jared. Uh, how did you come to, to be a channel? Did it just happen one day unexpectedly? Uh, no, not really. In fact, I started out as a total skeptic. I came from a sort of scientific background. I have a master's in archaeology and some other science background. And my my husband was an atheist. At the, my husband at the time was an atheist. My brother was an atheist. And so <clears throat> there was a strong predilection towards science and not believing in mm-hmm. all of this until I had a friend who was rhapsodizing about astrology, and I said to her, oh, come on, you don't believe that, do you? And then I felt sort of embarrassed. I thought, well, that's kind of rude, and all I really know is what I read in the paper, so let me read a few books about it and study a little bit, and then I'll show her how silly it is. But I was even more embarrassed because I got interested. And so I began um, not really getting much into astrology, but I branched off into such things as telepathy and clairvoyance and things of this nature and became much more interested in that particular aspect of what's often termed the psychic or paranormal realm. And I was uh, then part of a psychic spiritual study group led by, of all people, a Presbyterian minister who was later asked to leave his church when they found out what he was doing. But (laughs) by that time, we'd studied a lot of different things. And he he did an invaluable service because he taught us how to shield ourselves before we opened up to receive anything, which is one of the problems of not understanding what channeling is about. Uh, So I found out that I was very good at at automatic writing. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Sure, yeah. Okay, and for any of your listeners who might not be, it's where you just sort of sit and hold a pen, preferably felt tip, because it moves easier. And you just sort of open up and you request, and hopefully protecting yourself first and saying you're only open to what comes from the light and so forth. And you ask for a communicator to use your hand in order to write a message. And instead of the usual squiggles and lines, mine immediately started writing words and sentences. But it was very sloppy because it doesn't lift your hand and there's no periods or mm-hmm. no you know, breaks in the sentences or anything else. So I thought, well, well, let me see if I can do it on the typewriter. And it turned out I could. And then eventually, after about three or four months, the typing began to say, if you'll sit quietly, I'll speak to you. And it took me about six months to work my nerve up to try that. But when I did, then my husband acted as a questioner, sort of, and that's when we became acquainted with Jared and the information that, that he has to offer. So it was, 
it was kind of a lengthy process and sort of a devious one, you know, getting there. But uh, I, it shaped my whole life from this point, you know, that point forward. Although I did really struggle with it for about 15 years because I was afraid people would think I was gullible and things like this. So it took me that long, first of all, to acknowledge the fact that mm-hmm. my job was to get out of the way and stay out of the way, and also to really make a commitment to it. And I based it on the fact that. In all the times that I had overheard Jared talking, because I don't go into a full trance, I go into an altered state, so I sort of end up in my head eavesdropping because I can't help it. And and I will forget a great deal of the material, if not most of it personal material, particularly afterwards. But I had never heard him say anything that was harmful to someone. And based on that and the fact that a lot of people felt he'd done them a lot of good, I decided I would make a commitment to do that. And so it's considerably more later than the 15 years, and I'm still working with him, and I feel that it's really enriched my life uh, and hopefully the lives of many others. So so who, who picked who to work with? Did you pick Jared, or did Jared pick you? Oh, Jared definitely picked me. <laughs> I didn't pick him. I didn't even know he existed. And how did it feel once you realized that you are actually communicating with someone who is not in this realm of consciousness, not in this dimensional sphere that we're in. Well, it's ne- people have asked me, oh, wasn't that scary? Mm-hmm. And no, it, has never been, it never frightened me. Um, I found it a little disconcerting at times because it's like talking, overhearing a conversation in which you're physically present, but you're not participating, you know, directly as far as you can tell and never knowing what's going to come out of your mouth next. And sometimes he would say things. I had gone through a period, for example, of of being an atheist, and I was just mellowing into agnosticism when I met him. And he would be talking about spiritual things, and I'd be sitting up in my head thinking, do we have to go into that? You know, (laughs) do we really have to talk about that? And so it would... Sometimes he will say things to people, and I wonder, oh, my gosh, you know, what is that? I don't, I don't know anything about that. But it turns out almost invariably that he knows what he's talking about if I don't get myself in the way and kind of, you know, color things, as it's called. I, I was just wondering, when you've, when you've been communicating with Jared, have you ever asked him what heaven and hell are really like? Is it like we are told it is like? Is death or afterlife Anything like we're told? What has he told you since well, he's already there and he knows it? According to him, it isn't um, very much. What he says is basically that we, first of all, he tells us that we create our own hell here on earth most yeah. of the time. But he says that what you believe basically is going to form what you experience in the beginning. So if you believe, let's say, in heaven, yes, then you will be very likely to be not only welcomed by loved ones, but also, if you're Christian, you will see Jesus. Uh, if you're um, another religion, you will see another religious figure and so forth, or whatever religious figure is most important to you, because that's what you can relate to. And then you will go through the experience of that, as long as you feel you need to do that. And consequently, the same way, if you believe you're going to go to hell, you very well may 
find yourself in a place that you would interpret as hell until he says you get bored and about doing it and then you decide you're going to do something different, in which case you certainly are able to do that. But basically what he talks about a lot is, um, it, well, it, I, that's one of the things he's gone into in, in the novel between, is describing what is called the entry processing center, which is a huge area that it, all the souls of those who died eventually will go through there and be processed and sent on to what is referred to by him as HOME, with a capital H. And that's back into the soul area where you originally came from and so forth, which is another discussion. But in the processing center, mm -hmm. those who are, let's say, somebody from this country at this time period would go, and, and it might look like Grand Central Station with a lot of people doing sitting at computer desks and processing things. Or... If you are from the 1600s, it would look in a way that was familiar to that, and people might be writing with a quill and things of this sort. Or for those who are in an aboriginal condition, uh, it might look like a seashore or a forest with a shaman taking information and just listening, whereas in reality it was being translated into what we would think of as a computerized system that would take care of recording everything. It 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 so, almost it almost sounds as if we're creating our own reality or what we believe to be reality every moment that we're that we're alive. Well, I think actually that's probably true, hmm. uh, which is a little bit sobering to think about because sometimes we create some pretty awful stuff. Yeah, that's right. But conversely, it also means that we can create good stuff. That's the good part. It's not a one-way street. It's mm -hmm. a two-way. The, 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 question that, the, the question that comes to mind is, why are we here then? If we're here, if we, can, if we have the ability to create our own uh, existence, our own reality, what's it all about? Well, do we have time to get into soul clusters and, and all of that? Because that's where it has to go back to. Um, Give, give, give me the two-minute short version, and we'll get into it deeper when we come back from the news. Okay, well, the short version is that we are all part, each of us is part of our own soul cluster, and each cluster sort of signs like what you'd call a cosmic contract when it comes into a particular reality that uh, agrees it will abide by the rules of the um, reality. Ours happens to be dense physical, so there's the law of gravity, the law of linear time, etc. And it also agrees it will experience everything possible in the reality before it's free to move on and experience somewhere else, which is a very broad spectrum. And so this is where it gets into the concept of the, uh, what's, what is a soul cluster, mm -hmm. uh, how does it work? So I don't know if you need your break right now before we try to get into that. I've got a minute. Okay. Um, each of us is a part of a cluster, and according to Jared, God is everything that there is. There is nothing that is not God. But the, understanding it couldn't relate in a personal level uh, to anything else that would be lesser than it with one exception. It created a slightly lesser version of itself that he refers to as the source, and that it then created all the rest of things. And the purpose is for the God being to constantly learn and grow because it is not static. It expands constantly, 
and it learns through us and all of its other creations as we experience and learn and grow. It does the same. Fascinating. And I would imagine as individuals, all the, all the information that we gather in a lifetime is fed into a central point. Well, yes, it is, and that has to do with what Jared does as his day job. All right, you stand by, my dear. You and I will be back on the other side of the news. Exo Nation, very special guest of this hour, Shelby Beckett. Her website is www.shelbybeckett.com, and she's the author of a new book entitled Between. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break and the news as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Exo Nation, Thursday, December the 20th, until... Saturday morning, December the 22nd, I'm doing a 26-hour straight broadcast to help put at ease the, the children, the adults, the seniors who are being tormented by all this doom and gloom apocalyptic crap that people are spreading around the world needlessly. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is Bob Williams, host of The Morning Show on KKRP 1610 in Callington, Oklahoma. On behalf of the staff and management, we wish Rob, Laura, and all the members of the X-Zone Nation a very Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous 2012. Merry Christmas to everyone, and I'll catch you on the airwaves. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is Shelby Beckett. And uh, though originally skeptical about the paranormal, Shelby has been channeling information for individuals and groups about life after death, reincarnation, energy healing, and related subjects for nearly 40 years now. She has led classes in psychic and spiritual development throughout the United States and is the author of Between, a novel that weaves Jared's information about life after death into the story. Her website is www.shelbybeckett.com. That's www.shelbybeckett.com. And Shelby, thanks very much for joining us. Congratulations on your book. But I'd just like to get back a little bit before we went to the commercial break. I asked you if all the information that we each live goes into a, a separate, into, into a pool, for example, like a, a mainframe computer. Does this mean that each one of us is actually a probe for possibilities that are fed into a computer that that programs like Jared have access to? 
Well, let me describe to you what Jared says about himself, and that will answer that question. Okay. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> first of all, he never offers information I'm asked for, so everything that I tell you is the result of a question of some kind that someone has asked him that I have eavesdropped on you know, overheard because I couldn't help it in the altered state and that we've taped or something that I'm able to draw the information from. And if, it, if I hear it long enough and it's more sure. spiritual, which I remember. But anyway, what he says about himself is that he is a, he, he is part of what he described as a traveling community. He says that there's no way to really equate that with what we know. The closest that he could come to it would be a starship, but that's not what it is. Mm. But he and two others like him are on this community, and the rest of the inhabitants are what we would think of as highly sophisticated computers, but they are actually sentient beings that have chosen to do this work and are supremely happy because they're doing exactly what they chose to do and have nothing to interrupt that. And what they do is gather up and sort and file away all the information about everything that has ever been thought, felt, said, done, or happened anywhere, anytime since the beginning of whatever. And Edgar Casey referred to this as the Akashic Records, and you're probably familiar with that yes. term. <clears throat> and he says that he is, uh, that there are three levels on this traveling community, and each one of them, he and these other two like himself, are in charge of a level sort of like a floor supervisor, librarian. And that's his day job, and what he does through me is his service work. Mm. So it's sort of sobering to think that all those thoughts we have, we wouldn't want anybody to know about are actually recorded somewhere. Yeah, it, it, really, it really is. It really is. So he can only answer if he's asked the question. Well, he, he will only answer because he says he functions as a servant of the source, that's mm -hmm. the way he describes himself, which is this first creation of the entirety of the God-being. And the source has given us free will, sort of as a birth gift, although it's like a two-edged sword, actually. Yeah. Uh, and the source isn't going to tamper with it, and if it isn't going to tamper with it, he certainly is not going to tamper with it. And if he tells you something that you have not asked about, <clears throat> he will therefore be giving you information you may not be ready to hear or want to hear, and therefore he is tampering with your free will, so he just won't do it. Interesting. You have to give him a topic. Well, you know, he won't predict the future either, and he says that it, there are a couple of reasons for that, if you're interested in hearing that. Sure I am, yeah. Okay, that the future is basically plastic, unless there's a mass mind focus that's involved, in which case it's a little bit more likely to be set, in a sense, or harder to change, let's put it that way. But if, if you hold your arm out with the elbow bent, and you see that from like the elbow to the wrist is the past, think of your wrist as the present, and your hand stuck out with the fingers uh, straight ahead is the future, but the fingers are spread, they're not together, so that there would be five possible futures, and there's actually many, many more than just five. If in the present, someone, um, a psychic reader or someone says to you, oh, I see that six months from now you're going to have a very serious accident and be seriously injured, um, that, unless it is qualified as an possibility, 
is actually tampering because it will plant a seed that can never be uprooted. Once it's said and it's in your mind, you will never be able to forget it, whether you believe it, don't believe it, are afraid of it, whatever's said, it's there, and it's going to be there forever, in a sense, or at least as long as you're in this body and this brain. So the only way to do it responsibly, if you really feel you need to let the person know, because it looks like that's a pretty strong possibility, Mm -hmm. is to say something like, I see that there's a possibility that you're going to have a serious accident maybe in three or six months. What is it that you're doing now that could cause that? Do you drink and drive? Do you text and drive? Do you run red lights? Do you not pay attention to stop signs? Do you talk to your uh, companion in the car and not pay attention to the road? If you're doing any of those things or anything else that could interfere with driving safely, you might want to do something about that now so that you can shift that future into a different direction. How do you feel when you talk to to people who have asked you to to share Jared's information with them? Uh, do 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 you feel that at times you're responsible for the information that's being channeled? Well, that's one of the big troubles of not Mm -hmm. going into a full trance. Uh, Sometimes I wish I did. I think it might be easier in some ways because um, there's, I don't know if you probably have, if you've done much studying about channeling, you've heard of coloring. Yes. Okay, well, coloring just simply means, for your listeners if they aren't familiar with the term, um, somehow intruding the medium or the channeler's information or thoughts or emotions, often emotions, into the material so that it distorts it slightly, uh, or more than slightly at times. And all channeled material is in some way colored because we can't help it, because even if a person goes into a full trance, they still, the the communicator still is going to have to work through their body and their brain and Mm -hmm. their vocabulary and so on and so forth. And, of course, we're loaded with our own emotions and our own ideas and all of this. And, and it's just, it can't ever be totally pure, which is one reason why uh, it's it's something that you need to be careful about if you're going to listen to channeled material or read it and be aware that it's it's not just always going to be absolutely accurate because it can't be. And... Um, I think it's, you know, I sort of call it not getting into the drama of the, oh, it's psychic, Mm -hmm. it's channeled, it must be true syndrome, because that's really dangerous, and you can get yourself in a lot of trouble if you're not using your common sense when you're listening. And Jared always says to people, I'm giving you my perceptions, it's up to you to, to what you do with them. If you think they're valuable and they can help you, then take them and use them. If you think they're garbage, you know what you do with that. And that's the attitude that everybody needs to go into when they are listening to or working with channeled material, whether it's written or spoken or whatever it is, is don't leave your common sense and your good judgment sitting home on the table. Take it with you and have it sitting on your lap because otherwise you may swallow whole what is said, and there's always going to be some of it that's really indigestible because it's been colored. Is there a... And, is and there, there, go ahead, dear. 
No, I'm sorry. I just said inadvertently, Carl. It isn't that they're deliberately doing mm-hmm. it. Most. Is it a, a, a danger with channeling as it is with uh, psychic readings that people become dependent on, on the information that they're getting from you? Oh, absolutely. They can do that. So how do you, uh, how, do you, how do you prepare or how do you protect the the people who go to you from becoming too dependent on you? Well, what you usually do, what I usually do, is if they keep coming with the same questions, yeah, and they are getting the same answers from Jared, I usually I I have actually just said, you know, we don't need to be doing this anymore because you need to be working some on your own. Mm-hmm. And obviously things are not going in the way that, that they could so that they're really helping you. You need to, to practice more at home on working on those issues. But it's really hard sometimes, and it depends on what sort of state the person is in. Sometimes you're in a real crisis and they need that help and they need it for more than one or two times. And then that's fine. But if it just goes on and on, it's the same person with the same questions and the same not doing what the answers recommend. Uh, and when they're there, they're saying, oh, yes, that's right, I'm going to do that. And then the next time they come, it's the same answer. And it's, oh, that's yeah. right, I'm going to do that. Then that's another matter. Exonation, our very special guest this hour is Shelby um, Beckett. Her website is www.shelbybeckett.com. And she's the author of Between. And uh, Shelby, has there ever been a time when somebody has sat in front of you and asked you to communicate with Jared and he's just has told you, no way? No, I haven't had that specifically happen. I've had a, Jared is very loving and very compassionate and all he wants to do is help. Right. So he's tolerant of people. Um, once I could not tune in because I was in a, I went to their house and they were heavy smokers. Mm-hmm. And the smoke prevented me from a, from really connecting properly, so I couldn't do it then. Once Jared has said twice, I take it back, <clears throat> when he was giving information to someone and they were really angry about hearing, they had asked about what was problem the problem was, and he told them, and they did not like the answer, and they got really angry. Really? Eh? And he said, "I think that we need to stop because obviously this is not doing any good for you." So I wish you well, and essentially I'm leaving. And he did. But that's only happened twice in 40 years. Well, that's not too bad, twice in 40 years. Most people, well, first of all, I tell them ahead of time, it's not a psychic reading. Right. He is not to tell you you're going to meet a handsome stranger and, you know, run off to Brazil or whatever. And he's also not going to predict the future for you. So that right there cuts out a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, that just simply don't want to come because they either want a prediction or they want to just have him tell them what to do. Or, and he won't tell you what to do. He'll give you suggestions, and he's extremely good at helping you make choices by showing you options and things of this nature. But basically, he wants to help a person learn to do it for themselves. What was it like the first time that, that you actually sat down in front of somebody and gave them the information that was being channeled to you from Jared? Well, that was scary in a way. The Jared part wasn't scary, but wondering if I was really connected well enough 
uh, was that that's been my major issue. Am I really connected completely? Mm-hmm. And and I still have to admit that I'm sort of skeptical sometimes myself. I know that's going to sound really weird and maybe tacky to say that, but I I think I'm about 95% sure now that Jared is who and what he says he is because I've seen so much evidence for it, and I've had so many personal connections with him uh, that I'm almost 100% sure. But I have my moments when I think, you know, is this for real? Mm-hmm. And I guess I wouldn't be human if I didn't, and Jared says it keeps me honest, so I guess it's okay. I have to, but, agree, I have to agree with Jared there. It certainly does. It keeps you in check, doesn't it? Well, it does so that I don't get yeah. carried away with, oh, it's psychic, it's channeled, you know, kind of thing. But... I do feel a sense of responsibility toward people, even though I know that once I attune myself that most of what's coming through that doesn't have that little impossible to to divert chant or coloring that has to take place because he's using my brain, my vocabulary, my body, my voice box, all of this, you know, um, that um, it's... I still feel like, well, maybe I got in the way or something, or was that the right answer? And, um, I don't know. It, it, it can be a little nerve-wracking at times. I think it would be simpler to just go into full trance, and when you wake up, they know what you've, has come through you, but you have no idea what you said. <laughs> it would probably be easier. <laughs> All right, my dear friend, you and I have to take our final break before we uh, end. So please stand by, Shelby. Really nice talking to you. Exonation Shelby Beckett is our special guest this hour, www.shelbybeckett.com. That's www.shelbybeckett.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. By the way, the November edition of the X Chronicles, which is dedicated to December the 21st, 2012, is now available at www.shelbybeckett.com xchronicles-newspaper.com We'll be back. Don't go away. Mars. You can find me at jimmars.com. That's with two R's. And I'm just calling to wish Rob and Laura and all the members of the Exxon Nation a very Merry Christmas, a happy, healthy, love-filled, spiritual, and productive New Year for 2012. Hang on to your hats, folks. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but we're all in it together. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. We're all in a hurry. Maybe I'll move somewhere 
lose some weight Maybe I'll clear my junk Maybe I'll just get drunk on apple wine Me, I'll be just And welcome back, everyone. Shelby Beckett is my special guest. Uh, she's the author of Between, and her website is www.shelbybeckett.com. Shelby, tell me, why did you write your book, Between? What was your inspiration? Well, I think my inspiration was the interest I had in hearing what Jared had to say about life after death and about what happens when we're in a coma because the young heroine who's a healer is in an accident and wakes up between because her body is in a coma, and she's sort of stuck there for a while where she has to deal with a very nasty energy that wants to utilize her healing abilities to sort of put itself into greater power uh, here on Earth. And so it, it really was very enjoyable, and it was fun seeing how not only Jared's influence came in and in describing what between is like, but I began to realize later that he also, I think, was helping to organize the book because I would have one of the hardest parts was having characters do things that I didn't expect them to do. They mm-hmm. didn't behave well at all as far as my plans were. But by the time I got through with what was the new thing, it led into all these. One of the themes of the book is how choices shape our lives and how crucial choice is. Isn't that the because, truth? Yeah. Yes, and Stacy's choice that she made even before the story action begins is what influences the final crucial choice she has to make at the end of the book. And so we don't think about that even though choices are really like stones thrown in water mm-hmm. and all these ripples move out yeah. and influence all sorts of things. Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, many people, like you just said, don't realize how important the choices that we make in our own lives affect so so many others. I call it the ripple effect. Oh, it is a ripple effect. It's incredible. And we hardly ever think about that. Well, thanks Jared, to you, thanks I, thanks to you and Jared, a lot more people are going to be thinking about it because when they read your book Between, this is just part of it. First of all, you know, I... I've, Thoroughly enjoyed having you with me this hour, uh, Shelby. I want to thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I'd love to have you back on in the future so we can talk more about your book Between, your your relationship with Jared, and how we can all work together to make this a better world we live in. Well, I would love to be on again, Rob, and talk to you about some of these things. And I've enjoyed this tremendously. Thank you so much. Shelby, take, take care of yourself, my dear. Exonation. Shelby Beckett has been my guest this hour, www.shelbybeckett.com. That's www.shelbybeckett.com. The name of her book is Between. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. Don't go away. Mm -hmm. 